Hi folks, Jason Crane here reminding you about the 100 by 300 campaign. The idea is to get 100 members by the 300th show. Membership is easy. You can do it in one lump sum each year or month to month for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year. If you choose one of the higher levels, particularly the $500 a year or $50 a month level, you'll be mentioned on every single show. You'll be an official sponsor of the Jazz Session. The 100 by 300 campaign. Visit thejazzsession.com slash join to become a member today. Once again, that's thejazzsession.com slash join. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of this show is archived for free at TheJazzSession.com, and you can also subscribe in iTunes or via an RSS reader, and the links to do that are at TheJazzSession.com. Please do become a member. Thousands of people listen to every episode of this show, and I need at least 100 of you to become members by the 300th show. In fact, all thousands of you would be great to become members. Uh, Then I could do this as my job. But in any case, I need uh, at least 100 of you to become members by the 300th show. You can do that very inexpensively, and uh, you'll find out how at thejazzsession.com. I spent uh, last week, or actually as you're listening to this, two weeks ago, uh, in uh, most of it in New York City. And while I was there, I had the chance to see some great music. I finally saw Faye Victor uh, in person, which was fantastic. And uh, she was with Anders Nielsen and Ken Filiano. And Ken will be on an upcoming show. Uh, I also got to see a great trio performance at Jazz Standard uh, by Jeff Watts on the drums, Steve Coleman on the saxophone, and my guest on this show, Robert Hurst, on the bass. Robert Hurst has two new records out. Uh, one is uh, a studio session, a produced session called Bob Your Head, and the other is uh, a live trio session called Unrehearsed with Chris Dave and Robert Glasper. And we'll start off uh, with a tune from Bob Your Head called Optimism. <laughs>
My guest is bassist Robert Hurst. He's got uh, two new records out on his own label. One is called Bob Your Head, and the other is Unrehearsed Volume 2. And uh, it's my pleasure to have Robert Hurst on the show. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you for having me. So when I was uh, doing the preparation for this interview uh, and I was going back through your discography, I realized that you were on the second album I ever bought with my own money. The first album I ever bought with my own money was a Chuck Mangione record, a live record. <laughs> and the second album I ever bought was Crazy People Music, oh, wow. and uh, which I think the I still... progression. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they go together, exactly. This is peanut butter and jelly of the jazz world. Um, so, I, I mean, I've been listening to you since I started listening to small group jazz, and uh, it, it just seems like you've always been there making great music, and it's great to have you back uh, releasing albums as a leader. Can you... I know these are. You've got two out right now. You've got a third coming in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the impetus behind kind of so much output all at once? I just well, I haven't done anything really since '04, so so pretty much that you know, and, uh, um, and kind of in in uh, over that time being in flux between uh, commuting from LA and uh, to teach at University of Michigan and uh, also on the road with. Uh, uh, Various, various people, and, and uh, uh, so it's a lot, 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 lot uh, came between the start of these projects and the, and the actual completion. So, but I'm glad to finally put some some stuff out. And, and uh, but you know, I never during that time, you know, I was always working on stuff. But uh, you know, to me, um, I don't just, if I if I'm going to do it on my own label, uh, I, I don't really uh, not want to be able to support it. You know, I want to be able to give it my full support and. You know, because you know, people. It's so easy to do records now. You know, put 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 CDs out on the market. You know that uh, you have to have to be able to support it. So now now I have some time to to devote to doing it, and it's it's it's, it's fun. That's great. Uh, these records uh, really could not be more different, which I think is exciting too. I mean, they're very different aspects of your personality as a as a composer, as a band leader. Uh, I, mean, I thought maybe we could start with Bob Head. And one of the things that grabs you about this record right from the beginning is that. Not only does it make a musical statement, but it has some pretty explicit political content as well. Can you talk about that decision? Uh, yeah, um, it, I didn't really set out to do that, really. You know, I mean, it was really um, kind of a labor of, of uh, using technology and, and, and different things to communicate. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully equally a soulful message, but just a different different medium. And uh, um, politically. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of is what it is. I, I think during the making of the album, I was it was during uh, um, the campaign and, and eventual election of Barack Obama, and it was a really exciting time. And, and I think uh, I was definitely influenced by, uh, um, you know, his his, you know, the prospect of him being president, and then you know the actual when he became president. You know, it was very very exciting. So uh, um, you know, so a lot of that comes out in 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 the, in the music. You know. Rarely is the question asked, how is our children learning? You find out that the illiterate literacy level of our children are appalling. Thank you. 
And I don't want to, uh, I won't spend too much more time on the politics, but I just ask you one more question about it, which is there are two interesting juxtapositions on this record. One is an intentional juxtaposition of Barack Obama speaking against uh, George W. Bush <laughs> speaking, uh, which is, you know, just great because it, it couldn't be more stark. Um, but the other is that there's a juxtaposition, although not on the same track, but they're certainly on the same record of uh, Barack Obama and I guess also George W. Bush with Malcolm X um, speaking as well. And so uh, I guess I just wanted to ask, it's been, you recorded this during the campaign and up to the time of the election, and it's been a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you feel the the intent of these tracks kind of stands up with with what you've seen so far? Well, it's not really a commentary on him as a president. It's it's, it's more of a commentary on um, you know the 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 actual possibility of of a black man being president and actual actual uh, that it actually happened. You know, so so that's um, it's no it's no, it's nothing. Uh, um, you know about uh, uh, what kind of job he's doing, or, or any kind of comment about that. It's just about that is a s- serious uh, 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 event in, 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 in American history, and I, and I think it was it's something I definitely didn't think I would I would be here to to see. You know, I, I, I and I'm so glad that my daughter you know got a chance to to, to witness that, and and that I think it's it's beautiful for everyone. You know. Including racists. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm sure they're talking about it too. <laughs> it's news all over. <laughs> this um, this record is uh, is full of a couple things that I I really like. Um, one is uh, is some incredible percussion um, that that just underlies the whole record, and I want to talk about who provides that. Uh, and the other is. Um, uh, really interesting use of, of voices, multiple voices, uh, a lot of kind of layered voices. Um, and this, I think for for some people, people who don't know the various contexts in which you've played over your career, might come as a bit of a surprise because this is, a lot of people I think think of you as kind of a straight ahead guy, right. even though you've done a ton. I mean, as I just mentioned, Crazy People Music is not a straight ahead record. And that was <laughs> right. 20 years ago, right. 30 years ago almost. Um, so... Uh, can you talk a little bit about what the kind of the inspiration for the the branching out on this record and the different side of yourself that you're displaying? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, uh, during my during my time in LA, I, I got a chance to um, really experience a lot. You know, when I was here in New York, I, w- I you know I made a living as a, as a jazz jazz bassist. But you know, moving out there and uh, you know I did the, t- the Tonight Show with Jay Leno for for eight years. You know, and that was you know. Uh, uh, we played jazz occasionally. We played a lot more when Branford was there. But after you know, after Branford left, they kind of wanted us to be kind of more, uh, um, you know, more like the other bands that were on television playing playing kind of popular music. So we did that, and 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 uh, when people would come on, I got a chance to play with a lot of different people, and and uh, um, you know, just experience a lot of a lot of other musics. And I think there for me, uh, at least in in California, in in, in L.A. Uh, the, there's a lot of great, you know, a lot of Herbie's out there. Wayne was out there at the time. Shit Korea is all kind of great jazz musicians out there. But the live music playing scene isn't like, you know, what what I was used to here in in in, uh, in New York. So I, I did other things. You know, I got a chance to play with a lot of other people, including uh, um, you know African percussionist. And, and, and um, during the, this past four years, I've, I've been touring with, uh, um, or since '04, I've been touring with Diana Krall and. Uh, I played, you know, I played, I did some uh, other things with Diane Reeves and, 
and I've uh, been playing, you know, have been playing with a lot of singers. And uh, actually, the singer uh, that's that's on 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 Bob Your Head, uh, her name is Sai Smith, and we toured together with uh, the trumpeter Chris Bodie, and uh, she's amazing. Singer, she really you know. is. Yeah. She she she, she really. You know, it far exceeded like you know my my expectation her, with her, and that's really what she she does so great is is over overlap you know over the voices and and different things and and then also you know I mean uh, another huge influence was uh, um, you know uh, the the uh, D'Angelo's album uh, both of his records Brown Sugar and Voodoo, but you know I love the way he does that you know uh, layering the vocals and, and it's. It's it's like a it's like a a palette. It's like a horns. You know, it's it's it's, it's it, he does it great, and I think she she really does does a, a good job of it. And uh, uh, so you know, I mean, I was I was feeling that more than like a traditional jazz singer would approach. You know, playing playing those tunes, and, and she did she did a great job. <laughs> it gave you a chance to use the studio as an instrument exactly. as well exactly i think that's that's another part of the culture in la um because i did i i would play most of when i when i performed in la it would be with people from new york you know that, that uh you know they knew i was out there and then jeff watts and then uh, when jeff left uh, smitty was there so they could they could have a always have a pretty good rhythm section you know so uh um you know, I would I, I would play with those guys, but the the, the culture is in, in people have some incredible home studios, you know. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like you know bragging rights, you know, <laughs> out there. So, you know, I I, I kind of uh, got into my own, own space, and I started, you know, the the, the first few sessions, uh, uh, me and the percussionist uh, whose name is Manyango Jackson, uh, we just uh, ping pong back and forth between our our home studios because he had. Um, I mean, he has a garage full of all of these instruments from everywhere, you know, from India, Africa, South America. And, you know, and I, I you know, when we were started doing it, I didn't know exactly what I wanted. So, you know, he wanted to have some room to experiment and, 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 and try different things and, you know, layer it. And, you know, if we had done that in the studio, it would have been really, really expensive to take that time to do it. So, so that was good. That's, that's kind of how we started it. Like you say, using the studio as an instrument and, 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 uh, really making a recording as opposed to trying to, to, um, 
I think on my other records before this, I, you know, I was trying to c capture a live performance. But on these, you know, I mean, we're actually the craft of making a record. You know, I think uh, uh, something that you know, I like I, people are doing a lot more of. You know, especially in jazz now. Yeah, this is much more the way that in almost any other genre people would go about exactly. making a record. Exactly. Right. So, um, is this a? Re it sounds like from the way you just described your collaboration with Minyongo that this was a a very bottom up kind of record where the the groove and bass tracks were how you began experimenting and then you layered things on top right, of that, right? Right. I, originally, I just wanted to be the us two on it, you know, but it, it kept. Um, you know, he kept doing other stuff and it, you know, and it kept, you know, inspiring me. And then, uh, you know, I would do something different and, 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 uh, um, give it to him and he would do, you know, it kept, he kept building it like that. Um, uh, and then, you know, I said, well, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, do it, do what I hear. And I started hearing the other, other colors in there as well. So, so. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, you mentioned who else is on this record. We mentioned Cy Smith and Minyango Jackson. Uh, yeah, Cy Smith, Minyango Jackson, um, uh, uh, Scott Kinsey, a great keyboard player. Um, uh, Marcus Belgrave, who was, he was, uh, a Detroit, uh, trumpet player. He's originally from, uh, um, Pennsylvania, but he's, is one of the musicians that I grew up, uh, playing with and, you know, very much my mentor. And, um, who else? Uh, 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 Vincent Bowens, a great saxophone player. We played together with, um, great drummer Roy Brooks. Uh, we played in his, his, uh, band occasionally together and, and, um, I don't think I'm leaving anybody out. Oh, Kareem, Kareem Riggins. Oh, that's right, yep. Kareem Riggins on drum set, who, uh, uh, another Detroiter and, 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 uh, he's one of my favorite drummers. So, so you know, uh, you know, it was, it was a great time to, to, you know, everybody was very generous, you know, with helping me out and I appreciate it. <laughs> just by coincidence we're going to have two Detroit Mondays in a row because Gerald Cleaver was on this past Monday's show and one thing that he said and I wanted to ask for your reaction to this uh, he said growing up in Detroit he felt was a, a musical education with no boundaries it was a kind of city where you felt like you could play anything where every kind of music was there and you didn't feel like you were like jumping genres or clicks if you played it 
you know, soul on one night, jazz on another night, whatever it might be. I wonder, given how diverse the music is, even just between these two recordings, if that's the experience you had in Detroit, if that informs who you are as a as a player at all. Definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, um, a lot of the musicians that I played with with growing up were uh, uh, from the Motown, you know, uh, era and, and played on those records, and, and that's what they did. That was their existence. Was you know, in the studio work, and they toured with uh, uh, various Motown artists. But you know when they were when they were playing their own music, you know they, they played jazz and they you know they they grew up they were jazz musicians, so uh, uh, you know I played with, with a lot of those guys and I got a chance to hang out with um, during that time when I was when I was growing up like in the late '70s and early '80s. Uh, um, George Clinton recorded at United Sound in Detroit. You know, I think he did the Mothership Connection and yeah. a bunch of records there. And so you had that element, and you also had um, uh, the rock element. You know, with Alice Cooper and MC5 and and, and all of those uh, Iggy Pop. You know, and uh, as well as a techno was kind of invented in Detroit. You know, so that whole, you know, that's that's really really vast. You know, uh, um, and all those musicians, you know, played and played together and. and, and uh, you know, it was it was uh, very very cool growing up there, and, and I think uh, um, it's you know the hippest the hippest audiences the well, you know uh, everybody you know it's very very uh, well informed city, and of course like you know the gospel scene there is off the chain as well. Uh, um, so there's lot, lots of great musicians, and, and people are really intelligent about music. You know, great radio. You know, we I, I wish we had a. a Another full-time jazz station, but you know the uh, other other college stations are are, are, are holding it down. And, and you know, it's, it's I like that idea of informed audiences. I mean, when, in other words, when you get in front of people, they know whether what you're playing is right, right, for real or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. Um, I want to uh, focus on uh, the other record in a second, and just ask though about uh, your leaving Detroit. Uh, am I getting my history right that that was because you met Jeff Watts and then? introduced you into the kind of Marsalis arena and out you went or was it uh, different yeah it was it was that was that was a, a big thing uh before I did that when I was still in college I, I played with this uh group that recorded for Blue Note Records called OTB and that re- that had uh, uh, Kenny Garrett was in it and Ralph Peterson and and, and Mike Mike Mossman and uh you know it was a really great great band so that was kind of my first time like a uh you know, first kind of internet, international exposure. You know, on a on a big label. Uh, so, and that kind of happened about a year or so before I went. I was Winton, and uh, but yeah, Jeff was Jeff was the one that called me and said, you know, uh, you know, Winton's going through every bass player in New York. Man, we need you. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll just mention we're having this conversation in the green room at uh, at Jazz Standard where you're here for a week um, with Jeff and, and two different bands. Yeah. So uh, it's, it seems appropriate that uh, Unrehearsed Volume 2 is coming out just kind of in the midst of uh, these huge snowstorms that shut down New York a couple times, because as I understand it, that figures into the story of this record, too, It right? did, it did. I mean, it was, it was, um, I, it, it wasn't supposed to be unrehearsed, it was supposed to be rehearsed, <laughs> but uh, one of the musicians, uh, the drummer Chris Dave, that's on the, on the record, he, um, he got a uh, uh, Weather was bothered. He was in Houston actually, and weather was was weird there. And he got he made it to Atlanta, and then the they got the planes couldn't take off there, and so you know he got 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 here uh, 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 the day of the gig, and and you know we didn't really have a chance to <laughs> chance to do too much, but you know we had a, a 
Robert and I have been playing together, and you know, I think we have a really good affinity. So, so it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'll just mention that that's Robert Clasper that you're referring to, uh, plays piano on this record. You know, it's funny you say the thing about uh, not being able to rehearse because uh, to me sometimes, like I was here for the first set last night and uh, Steve, I was talking with Steve Coleman before the set who played saxophone last night and he was mentioning that he hadn't really played the music very much. And to me sometimes I, I really like seeing a band then when things are kind of coming into being and they're not, they haven't yet fallen into these grooves or these slots and people still kind of feel free to explain to experiment or are forced to experiment because right. they're not comfortable. <laughs> right, right. Um, which is not to say that seeing a well-rehearsed band isn't fun too. But uh, but I wonder if, you, if that factored into this recording at all, the idea that you were all kind of figuring out what this trio was about right as it was happening. Yeah, that's that's, that's definitely... And, and, and uh, um, you know, Robert Glasper played on the Unrehearsed Volume 1 as well right. with uh, Damian Reed on drums. And... Uh, it was it, it was very very much I, I knew he had the spirit of because the first time we played we you know we introduced ourselves and then we played for about forty five minutes without stopping it was you know we'd go into multiple tunes and vamps and just like a whole journey he's you know and, and, and both of these cats are really super adventurous so I knew I knew we would have we would come up with uh, some, some 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 great moments you know and. and, and uh, yeah, we, I think we did. You know, we, we, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like uh, I, almost all the tunes are 13, 14, 15 minutes, uh, but it doesn't feel like they're just that long because you need to fill a set. It feels like they're that long because people have something to say, and it's really fun to listen to them. Yeah, I, I, was, I didn't really want them to be that long because <laughs> I knew we were recording, but, you know... Uh, uh, that's just the, that's that's uh, how it, how it went down, you know. And it was it was it was it was fun, man. Because I, you know, I don't need, I'm supposed to be the leader of the date, and I I know less than anybody about what's happening. So, <laughs> so you know, it was it was it was really cool and trying to find a, um, you know, something something different to say on you know a lot of uh, well three standards on there and and uh, you know trying to find find a vibe and, and not having to be you know like the typical. Typical uh, format, you know, for for trio. So, you know, was, you know, I think, I think we pulled it off. <laughs> Absolutely.
Robert Glasper at this point is is reasonably well well known, and and he's uh, been on this show as well. But will you tell folks uh, more about Chris Dave, who who is definitely known to people kind of in the know, but is someone everybody should know? Yeah, he's he's just like one of these. Um crazy ridiculous drummers he, he and robert glasper went to high school together in houston and and uh that Houston that, that school also produced uh another two of favorite drummers of mine eric harlan and 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 uh um i heard him here uh, kendrick scott oh right yeah yeah and, and uh also uh last night uh jason moran was here he went to that high school as well so i mean it's really you know like a really uh it reminds me of kind of a detroit you know in, in the vibe that that uh uh but anyway, uh, Robert Glasper, I first met him. He was playing with this uh, um, R&B group, uh, um, Mint Condition. And then I also heard him with uh, uh, my other homie, uh, Kenny Garrett. You know, I heard him in Kenny's band. And, and uh, you know, he just, Kenny has a knack for finding all the, all the young drummers, you know. And, and, and uh, then he wears them out and sends them out <laughs> to the world. But, uh, so, but uh, yeah, I heard him with Kenny, and uh, um, then I, you know, I, I just we kept running across each other, and, and you know, all, you know, drummers are our friendly community. So, you know, I know, I, I like to think I know most of the drummers around. So, you know, this was, um, we had sat in, he, he had sat in with me uh, um, before uh, Chris, Chris had, and uh, I just, you know, when we were going to do this, uh, uh, he did. He, you know, he, was, he, was, he was glad to do it, and uh, and then we did we did some we did some gigs with the same band as the Robert Glasper trio as well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, you know that's that's fun. You're, uh, you're back in your home state uh, a lot of the time these days because you're a professor now at the uh, University of Michigan. Uh, can you talk about that, how, uh, what, you, what you're doing there and how it's going? Yeah, I, I'm there. They, they uh, um, have some very adventurous people in the, in the, in the music school and in, in, the, in the jazz department. And, and over the last three years, they, they brought in uh, uh, Jerry Allen and myself. And, and, and uh, just a very forward-thinking uh, situation because I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't... I don't think I would have done it maybe anywhere else. You know, I was living in California and I actually moved back to do this. So it was, 
it was a, it was a, a really good situation, and, and also with a, a tenure, so so that that really uh, you know helped me help me to decide. Um, but I, I love it. I, I, I love uh, because I've had such great teachers throughout my career. You know, I think I'm one of the uh, maybe the second generation of, of musicians that had like a, a in the school a jazz program. You know, so from the time, I think it really kind of came in the mid-70s, you know, uh, where you could actually get a jazz degree and, and, and actually have, you know, jazz band in high school for credit. And it wasn't just like an after-school activity. Right. You know, so 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 uh, I really benefited greatly from from uh, a lot of the teachers uh, in Detroit. And, and I went to Indiana University where I studied with David Baker. And, and he's, he's another, you know, just a genius master teacher. Um you know, and Marcus Belgrave, of course, in Detroit was 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 wonderful, as well as um, you know, when I when I hooked up with Otto Marcellus, is you know, Ellis is a, is a great teacher as well. I mean, he has so many students that you know that he's touched, you know, and and, and you know, it's one of those things where you see, uh, um, I saw you know firsthand that that's how the music is supposed to be, it's supposed to be passed down, you know. I mean, it's. There's 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 certain people that study it in school and get a degree and then they go back and teach. But I also you know I think now, it's, you know schools are, are really uh, interested in getting the, the experts you know the guys that, that that did it and that played you know so so I think um, my hats off, off off to them for for, for people you know uh, supporting musicians like me. But also all you know here in New York at the New School, uh, Manhattan School of Music you know all of these all of these. Um, uh, Rutgers, William Patterson in this area, you know, great, great uh, teachers and, and musicians on staff, you know, and it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a good time, you know. Do you feel like in this day and age when people aren't, uh, you know, going out with some established master for a few years that the, the, the academic institutions are starting to fill that role, given that the way people used to come up, you know, if you were lucky, you'd be in a band with a, with a legend? Well, no, they're not filling that role at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, school is good, but it's not that good. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 there. You know, um, I tell all my students up front. You know, you are not going to learn how to play in school. You know, and it's it's it's, it's tr you know you have to put the same work in with with playing with people and doing that. And we're doing a lot. There's so so many resources there that you know. But you have to do the work. You know, you have to have to do the work. And. Uh, uh, but the work is is, is uh, uh, I'm not gonna I, can't, I was about to say the work was easier now, but it's, it's it's not necessarily easier. But there's so much information, just with like YouTube. I mean, YouTube is I use YouTube in almost every lesson. You know, I mean, I, you know, if we're talking, if we're working on a, a Paul Chambers uh, transcription, you know, you can go on and, and I, I found there's a couple things of him playing with the bow, you know, solo and and, 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 and you know to, to, to be able to show my students that and, and, and uh, show all these musicians and how they, you know, both bad and good, you know, uh, um, but you know, it's all, you can see the masters, you know, and it's really, I think that's great. Uh, at the University of Michigan, do you talk about the, the business of the music too? Because it seems like the, the one part of the work is knowing how to play your instrument, but the other part is being able to kind of keep body and soul together when you're actually out there in the world yeah. doing it. I do. I do. I, I uh, um, one, one uh, um, kind of a, a survey thing that I kind of got the idea from John Clayton, who's a, another great teacher. Uh, but he, you know, when, when the students come in, ask them, you know, you have to have some kind of direction. Who would you like to play with in your, in your you know, that's living in, in, in your wildest dreams? Who do you want to play with? 
you know, give me a list of five people that you want to, that you would like to work with that you, you know, and then you got to do something to get that job, you know, whether it's learning their tunes, whether it's, uh, um, uh, you know, reading their biography, reading as much as you can about them, uh, trying to contact them, which is easier and easier these days on Facebook and all, all these kind of social networks. Um, uh, but you know, some, sometimes you know, kids get like that pie in the sky kind of thing where they it kind of immobilizes them, you mm. know, because it's so it seems so vast. But I think you know, when you put it, when you when you do that, um, it's a certain synergy happens. You know, I know I, when I, when I first heard went Marcellus, I was I was like sixteen, uh, maybe uh, yeah, maybe like fifteen, sixteen years old, and, and uh, he was playing with Herbie, Herbie Hancock, uh, uh, Tony Williams, and and, and Buster Williams. And uh, I remember hearing it, and then I remember it when his um, the, the year before the record came out. That's when I met Jeff Watts. Uh, so when his record came out, I saw Jeff was on it. You know, I was all excited about that, and I was like, "Man, I would love to do that gig." You know, so uh, uh, on that first record, uh, uh, Jeff is on it, but there's also another rhythm section with Ron Ron Carter and Tony Williams, and so you know, I learned I learned all the stuff that was on that record, and and and. Um, you know, kind of a miracle happened, and Jeff, Jeff, Jeff remembered me. You know, when, when we played, uh, um, and 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 uh, when when that opportunity came, I was ready. You know, so so um, that was that was kind of uh, I can't say that happens happens to somebody every day, but I think if you're ready, you know, you stand a much greater chance to to, to do it. I think just kind of the the spiritual synergy that you send out by like like you know spending some time on somebody's music and, and like like. You know, people always like like that. You know, artists always, you know, like somebody that's that's into them. You know. Sure. Yeah. Are there some uh, upcoming events that you'd like to mention uh, anywhere in the country or world? Um, I have a few more gigs with uh, Jeff coming up. He's coming to Detroit um, in in February, and and uh, I think we're going to do some music from uh, Max Roach's Freedom Now Suite oh, with, wow. uh, with uh, Jerry Allen on piano and uh, Nicholas Payton, and there's some other people who I spacing out right now but please forgive me <laughs> uh and um and then i have a, a date in detroit i believe it's march 11th kind of uh my detroit premiere of of uh for these two projects and um we have a lot of uh, stuff pending we, we're getting the wheel going and uh i'm out this summer with uh, diana crawl and and uh um uh yeah some stuff i, I got i can't mention it now it's sure still, it's, still, it's still pending but uh yeah, we're busy. That's great. Uh, is there anything I haven't asked you about that you'd like to mention? You did great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well, then I'll just say my uh, my guest is Robert Hurst. He's got uh, two brand new records out. Oh, uh, that's one thing I should ask you about. Uh, there's a third one coming out this fall too, right? Right. And right. what's that? What's the uh, story behind that? Uh, well, actually, that's the oldest of them. I, I did that record like the month after nine uh, eleven, and uh, it was really. Uh, um, uh, a very difficult road to get that one get that one done because we recorded here here in uh, in New York, and uh, but anyway, it features Bradford Marcellus and Jeff Watts and uh, Robert Glasper, Marcus Belgrave and uh, Benny Maupin. Wow! And uh, percussionist Adam Adam Rudolph as well. You know, and this is um, it's uh, 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 I can't call it straight ahead record, but it's it's, it's you, you would think about jazz when you heard it. You know? <laughs> And uh, uh, but it's, it's it's good. I'm excited about that. One. And that'll be this fall. We'll see that, right? Yeah, hopefully in September. That's yeah. great. So, uh, Bobby Head and Unrehearsed Volume Two. My guess is uh, the bassist Robert Hurst. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you, and thanks for all the great music. Okay, thank you. My pleasure.
That's music from Robert Hurst. He's got two new records out, Bobby Ahead and Unrehearsed, both on the Bebop record label. I'm Jason Crane. This is the Jazz Session, presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free at thejazzsession.com, and you can also subscribe in iTunes and using an RSS reader. Please do become a member. That will help keep this show going for uh, years and years to come. Speaking of people who help keep this show going, my thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music. You can find them at respectsextet.com and buy all their records. And my thanks to uh, Dave Vrabel for the uh, Jazz Session logo. And I highly recommend that you uh, that you follow him on Twitter, which I believe is twitter.com uh, slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. He's quite funny. Now... Enough of this. Get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.